extend my welcome to you, uh, whether you're in the room or else joining us online. Let me just jump down here, get my timer. Definitely need that. Um, but if you're taking notes this morning, my title is this. The consequences of rejecting leadership. The consequences of rejecting leadership. Moses' authority throughout this reading, his authority is rejected. In verse 35, it says this, this Moses whom they rejected saying, who made you a ruler and a judge? This man God sent as both ruler and redeemer by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. This man led them out, performing wonders and signs in Egypt and at the Red Sea and in the wilderness for 40 years. Verse 39 says this, our fathers refused to obey him, but thrust him aside and in their hearts they turned to Egypt. We live in a anti-authoritarian age. The world that we live in is deeply suspicious of authority. Governments have lacked integrity. Police forces have been corrupt. Institutions have had ulterior motives. The words abuse and power in our society, in our day, in our age have become synonymous. So has authority and authoritarianism. This isn't just... Um, this isn't just a common part of our society, but it was there at the very beginning of humanity, this idea, this notion of undermining the authority above us. At the fall of humanity, humanity sought autonomy. Humanity wanted to be God. Satan and humanity undermined God's authority. It happened back then in the fall, and it's been the course of history ever since. The, the rise of liberalization in our society arises from this rejection of authority. It's in society, and it's in us. Yet scripture affirms the necessity of authority in society at a state level in the family level, and also in the church. The Bible teaches that authority has come down to us from God, that he alone is sovereign. The authority that God intended promotes equality. It promotes justice and charity for all. It promotes human beings reaching and finding their potential. Submission. In God's idea of authority, it was never meant to be a confining thing, but it was always meant to be a liberating thing. And when we live out and practice authority at all of those levels, in society, at family, in the workplace, in the church, we display God's image in his creation, the image that was meant to play a part in the world that we find ourselves. In 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 3 to 4 says this, when one rules justly over men, ruling in the fear of God, he dawns on them like the morning light, like the sun shining forth on a cloudless morning, 
like rain that makes grass to sprout from the earth. One biblical commentator said this, a world without authority would be like desires with no restraints, a car with no controls, an intersection with no traffic lights, a game with no rules, a home with no parents. How do you respond to authority? Is, is authority something that excites you? Do you find it easy to be told what to do? Do you feel the struggle at times? I feel the struggle at times. I want to suggest that feeling the struggle isn't, is something that is natural to us. It's something that is in our nature as a consequence of the fall. But what really matters is what we do with this struggle that we feel. In verse 35, we read this. Who made you ruler? and a judge. These are the words spoken by a Hebrew who was quick to point out Moses' error in murdering an Egyptian slave master. Moses was rejected because of a past mistake in his life. So often, if you're anything like me, we expect policemen, policewomen, politicians, parents, pastors to be perfect. When we do this, we fail to see the person. And we fail to see that, like us, they too are fallible. They too have succumbed to sin and Satan is at work in the world. That they can fall into error and make mistakes and misjudgments at times. We quickly develop a superiority complex within us. When it comes to church leadership, often we can forget that church leaders often didn't choose leadership. But like Moses, they were called by God. Verse 35 says that God sent Moses. God sent Moses as ruler and redeemer. What mattered was not that Moses was perfect, but that Moses was called by God. Moses was called by God, yet the people, the Hebrew people, still rejected Moses. We as God's people need to be careful how we talk about and think about the leaders that our God has placed that God has placed in our lives on a societal level, in the family, in the workplace, at home. Because in rejecting Moses, Moses' contemporaries, the Hebrew people, they rejected God in the process. This is the consequence of rejecting leadership. This is the consequence for these Hebrew people that in rejecting Moses, they rejected God. What authority does an elder or pastor have in the church? What authority does an elder or pastor have in society? In one sense, they have no authority, no life experience, no credential, no doctorates constitutes authority. The pastor a few miles away who is preaching a false gospel 
who has all the life experience in the world, who has degrees coming out their ears. Biblically speaking, they constitute no authority and they should be given no authority. Colossians 1.18 tells us that Christ, Christ is the head of the church. In 1 Corinthians, Paul is... Don't put your trust in human leaders. Don't rely on human leaders. Trust in Christ. Trust in him who is the head of the church. He is the one who, like we were singing, sits on the throne. And everything centers upon who he is and what he says. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, Paul says, What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. In chapter 4, verse 6, he says this, I have applied all these things to myself and the Apollos for your benefit, brothers and sisters. Listen to this. That you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written. God has given you, Paul, Apollos, to help you not go beyond what is written. What authority does a pastor have? None. Christ is the authority of the church. But how does Christ mediate his authority through the church? Through his word. In another sense, what authority does a pastor or elder have? They do have authority. In verse 38, it says this, this is the one whom 
who was in the congregation in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to him at Mount Sinai and with our fathers, speaking of Moses, he received living oracles to give us. Living oracles, a pastor or elder exerts their authority through God's word. So in a sense, they, a pastor does have authority, but it's not an absolute authority. We are to reject authority in the state, at home, in church, if there is an abuse of that power, or if that authority is asking us to compromise our biblical allegiance to Jesus Christ. If that is happening, we are to reject that authority. Why? Because we owe our absolute authority to one person, Jesus Christ. We owe our absolute obedience to God and to God alone. When there is an authority, particularly in the church, that's being exhibited, that is not in line with Scripture, we are to challenge it. And after challenging it, with our Bible in our hands, if change does not come about, we are to reject it. Moses had authority. How did he have an authority? He had an authority because he was the one who received the living oracles of God. Stephen, in this speech that we find our reading in, speaking to this Jewish crowd, Stephen wasn't a church leader. He wasn't an apostle. He wasn't an elder. But Stephen speaking to this Hellenistic being a Hellenistic Jew, speaking to Hellenistic Jews and the Jewish council, he exhibited an authority. Why? Because he spoke God's word. He spoke the history of Israel. He unpacked their history and interpreted it truthfully to God's word. And you have an authority when you speak God's truth, when you speak God's word, the difference between an elder and a member of a congregation is simply, there isn't much difference, but the difference is this, that an elder has been set apart for this task of speaking God's word. This is a Reformation idea that the pastor is entitled to God's word, the pastor's entitled to interpret God's word, but so are you. Scripture is for the people. It's not for the spiritual elite who hold a monopoly on interpretation of Scripture. This is your word. This is God's word to you. And it's meant to be bread that brings life. It's meant to be water that brings life into your soul. And by that, you hold the right to interpret Scripture. And it is our responsibility as church members to hold pastors and church leaders accountable to what standard? Accountable to the Word of God. Malcolm, Pastor Malcolm, in opening up our uh, midweek Bible studies on the afterlife, opened it up in this way. He brought with him a, a number of books that he had found helpful in his preparation for those Bible studies. And he said, these books are good, but don't listen to these authors. Don't listen to even me. Listen to what God says. Listen to what God's word says. Why would we listen to what we jimmy down the road? 
has to say about heaven? What sort of authority would he have on that subject matter? I don't know about you, but I want to know what God says about heaven. I want to know about what God says about my eternal state and and that eternal hope that I have to cling on to. I'm not going to cling on to the words of no man. I want to cling on to the word of God. Books are helpful. Books are good, but they're only good and helpful when they expose what God has already said in his word. But not just heaven. When it comes to all life and practice, when it comes to how I'm meant to interact with those who are around me, when it comes to what my relationship is to God, I want to listen to what God says. What are you hungry for this morning? Is it the word of God? Is it what God wants to say into your souls? More than anything, show your pastor, show your church leader and knowing that People, folk are joining us online who come from different churches. Show your pastor that more than anything, you want God's word. You want God's opinion. More than your pastor's thoughts or wisdom or entertainment or humor or stories. I know all of these things are good. It's not the point. It's not the point of why we have, we've gathered here today. I'm not commissioned by Elam, by Donald Elam, to merely preach. I have no authority to just preach. I've been commissioned to preach the Word of God. And this morning, what we need is the Word of God. Moses received living oracles. In the wilderness. That wilderness motif is a, a, th- a theme for the Christian journey, for the, the pilgrimage which is life on earth for the Christian. In the wilderness of this life, and the adversity and pain and struggle, what we need is the word of God. When a pastor proves faithful to scripture and when a pastor walks the walk and lives a life accountable to God's word, we are, based on scripture, to trust and submit to their personal leadership. In Hebrews chapter 13, 17, it says this, obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy. And not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. When a pastor, is, a pastor is living in submission to Scripture and committed to it, we are to trust in them. Trust in their calling, trust in their wisdom, trust in their heart to lead you and to lead you to pastures green. You don't have to agree. <laughs> But when a church makes a policy that does not contradict scripture, we are to submit to it, knowing that as Hebrews chapter 13 says, leaders are accountable to God for how they watch over you. If we only submit when we agree, if we only submit when, we, when it suits us, we're not allowing ourselves to be led by them. What does that look like for you? 
What does it look like in this church? What does that look like in how you respond to your department heads? The worship coordinator or the children's coordinator or any other ministry? Hebrews 13 calls us to make it a joy for them. After weighing up scripture and assessing our conscience that is guided under the influence of the Holy Spirit within us, after weighing these things up, when our pastor says we're going to protest, we're to go protest. After assessing scripture and our conscience, when our pastor says we're going to hold this type of service or we're going to go this direction, we're to joyfully submit to them, even if it's not our preference, even if it's not the way we would do it knowing that they are accountable to God for how they lead us. Verse 39 says this, Our fathers refused to obey him, Moses, but thrust him aside, and in their hearts they turned to Egypt, saying to Aaron, Make for us gods who will go before us. As for the Moses, as for this Moses, idolatry. See, authority at all of those levels will either make us bitter or it will make us better. We have been designed to live under authority. Every human is meant to be under human authority. I ha past Pastor Malcolm is my pastor and Pastor Malcolm has multiple pastors. And same on a societal level, same on a family level. We're not meant to do this alone. That's the whole idea. We're meant to be accountable. We're meant to have people who are mentoring us, supporting us, doing life with us. We're meant to have people who are asking us difficult questions, who are holding us true to what God's word teaches and, and the, the, the direction that we want to live our lives. And if you're in this church and you find yourself in a place where you don't feel that authority, you don't feel that support or mentorship, and you need someone to come alongside you and ask difficult questions of you, we're here for that as a church. We want to do that as a body, not just that the pastors would lead out on that, but the body would lead out on that. And if you're a young adult in particular, but you don't have to be a young adult, but if, if you need someone to ask you those difficult questions and hold you accountable, we want to do that. We want to support each other in that way. Have you ever used leadership or someone in leadership as a scapegoat? or a smokescreen when the problem actually lies with yourself. So often we can do that. That's what the Hebrew people did to Moses. What has become of him? The issue wasn't with Moses. It was with the people. It was with the decisions that they had made to reject his leadership and ultimately reject God's leadership. Have you used a parent or a teacher or a boss or a pastor to mask and smokescreen your own difficulty, your own problem that resided with you and not them. Through the course of your life, have you allowed leadership to make you bitter and not better? Is there bitterness that you're harboring because of an unwillingness to submit? And what would it look like for you to ask the question, how can I be of joy 
to those people in my life and not a burden, but a joy. God uses authority to humble us. What's your relationship like with your boss? Is it one of support? Or is it one of opposition? And if it's one of opposition, is it justified? Even with difficult people, we're called to submit at times. Have you been resisting God by resisting someone that God has put in your life? And how do we redeem that aspect in our lives? How do we go from bitterness to better? As we come around this table in just a few moments, I want to encourage you. Knowing that authority and submitting is hard, knowing that inbuilt in us as a consequence of the fall, our nature is to reject authority, knowing that it's difficult. But when we come to this table, I believe it starts by taking that bitterness, taking the name and the person and the identity of that person that is connected to that bitterness and giving it to the Lord, giving it to his Lordship, surrendering that thought and that person to them. When, ex when authority isn't properly exercised, we are sometimes it's appropriate to reject that authority, but we're not to reject the person. Scripture teaches us that our fight is not against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities and powers of the unseen world. See, we oftentimes see the problem and not the person. And we let the problem become their identity. We let that problem become the main driving force in how we view them and see them and treat them and respond to them. But God sees the person and God sees their potential. My fight and your fight is not with our boss or our parents or our pastor. Our fight is always with the unseen world, with spiritual forces that are at work all around us. And we're not immune to those forces as well. And we succumb to failure as well. But when we realize that our fight is not flesh and blood, it allows us to see the best in people. In verse 39, hardship hit. And they turned from Moses' authority. And their first thought was to go back. Back to slavery in Egypt. No one said this was easy. No one said submission to the authority of Moses or anyone else was easy. It was harder to wander in the wilderness. It was harder to wander under the leadership of Moses and it was easier to go back. It was easier to craft an idol that would do as they said and wouldn't respond to them or challenge them. In verse 41, this idol brought them instant gratification. It's often easier to go back, but I want to implore you to choose the hard way because it's better than bitterness. You see, we view ourselves too highly when we think we don't need a shepherd. 
We view ourselves too highly when we think we don't need an authority because in that we're rejecting God's design. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. God, God gives us leadership in our lives to fashion us into his image so that our hands don't fashion an idol and become bitter. Sometimes we just need to be told. Sometimes we know something, but sometimes we just need to be told. And every week at this church, we come around this table. Not because we don't know it, not because we don't know what it symbolizes and entails for us and what it points us back to and what it means for this present moment and what it means for our glorious future. But we come to this because I need a reminder every week. Verse 37 says this, this is the Moses whom said to the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. Stephen is saying this in his speech on this day, the Hebrews rejected Moses's authority. Don't follow in their footsteps. Don't be like them and reject Christ's authority. Stephen is saying this, Moses was great, but there is someone greater. Moses was ruler and redeemer, but he was not the savior. And the purpose of a pastor and elder is to point you back to this place, to point you to Christ. The pastor's authority is a delegated authority to point you to the real authority. I have nothing, Pastor Malcolm has nothing to offer you that is not Christ. I cannot bring you to Christ. You must bring yourself to this table and eat and drink. But I know that I won't be judged by who you, how you respond, how we respond every Sunday. It's up to us as the hearers of God's word.